0: Hello, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Demite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey,
1: everybody. Glad to be here again. How are you doing, man? It's been a great day. Yeah, we're going to have a really fun episode today. We're uh, here at the beautiful, illustrious Damascus Media Studio today.
0: Excellent. Last, it is- last
1: show we did, I kept using the word illustrious. You were gone, Dan. I was the uh, I was the sole host of the show. I had a guest host, but... Your hope is to I got made fun of because I said the word illustrious, illustrious as much, much as good. Good, good, good. Well, let's see if we can come up with
0: new fun words today. It's going to be exciting. So uh, we're going to share today a powerful message about intercession, and we're going to hear from a, a missionary of ours here at Damascus. His name is Angelo Rivera. It's yeah. going to be really amazing. Um, just He's going to bring all kinds of incredible testimonies and stories of breakthrough. But first, Aaron, would you mind opening us in prayer? Absolutely. In the
1: name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you, and we love the share that you've given us in ministering to your church. God, thank you for calling us to be uh, not only observers, but participants in the salvation of the world. Jesus, you share your responsibilities generously. You love for us to participate in your work. So, Jesus, give us a heart for what your heart is for. Uh, Give us a heart to love those you love. And we pray that you'll inspire us with the power of prayer.
0: Oh, Lord, and we're just, we're really excited for what you want to do in our hearts today because we know that we are not yet everything you have dreamed for us in our lives. And I just uh, get a sense today that the Lord is saying, I'm going to make you a greater warrior for my kingdom today, that he desires to elevate you to a stronger uh, post in the kingdom, that you would become a greater force against the enemy. So Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing today. We pray that you would do amazing things in our listeners' lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, so Aaron, this is one of my favorite topics, uh, and i don 't think the church really talks enough about it. We talk a lot about praying with people, praying for people, we talk a lot about kind of prayers of petition, but just really like what is intercession and what does it stand for in the church and it 's such a, a great opportunity to to come to know not just like the power of God through intercession yeah. but the the authority He gives us as his sons and daughters yeah. which no, is really when, when
1: most of us think of intercession, we think of the petitions at Mass, right? Lord, hear our prayer. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. about as far as it goes.
0: Yeah, it's a, and it almost becomes like, uh, I know sometimes it's like at the end of the petitions at Mass, I'm like, oh shoot, what do we even pray for just now? Did I even enter into that? And mm-hmm. there's this element of like really wanting to know who we are so that we can move into our greater authority, right? And we are baptized priest, prophet, and king. And as a priest, we have the uh, uh, ability um, through that priestly anointing to lay our lives down for another like Jesus laid his life down for another and as a as a king we have the ability to act with authority right and we have authority over sin and strongholds and mm. there's really just an incredible opportunity through prayer to an intercession to act as a priest where we lay our lives down for another
1: and as a king, with where we pray with authority, right? Act as a priest and a king, Dan. That's language that I'm not used to. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of <laughs> where do you where do you get this stuff?
0: Where do you get this stuff? It's really interesting. It's it's uh, it's our baptismal anointing. When we're anointed at baptism, they actually place this oil upon us that anoints us, just like in the Old Testament, as a priest, prophet, and king. Right? This Must be some new theology you're talking about. <laughs> I want to just share this. Uh, this uh, this comes from. Ezekiel chapter 22, this is what the Lord says. He says, I sought for anyone among them who would repair the wall and stand in the breach before me on behalf of the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their conduct upon their head, says the Lord God. Right. I just, I love this because the Lord's saying, I've sought for anyone who would repair the wall and stand in the breach. Yeah. And in the Old Testament, you see two images primarily for um, intercession, right? An intercessor is one who stands in the breach, stands in the gap. So imagine if there's this gap between what is the current reality and what God wants to bring hmm. about. The yep. intercessor is the one who stands in the gap, right? You sometimes see, um, Images of Jesus, where there's like you know, you see it in a lot of Protestant tracts, where you have like me on one side of a chasm or like a canyon, and the Father on the other side of the canyon, and Jesus' arms are outstretched on the cross, and He stands in the gap, and He connects me with the Father, mm-hmm. and that's what the ministry of intercession is all about. It's that like I stand in the gap, and I allow this chasm between the Father and the current state of things to be brought back together, right? Amen. And then there's this other image in Scripture that I really love. It's the this the Wall that the 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 intercessor is a wall that is built up that protects um, the, the the people of God from the enemy's assault. Right, yeah. and so you have basically this attack coming. And, and the intercessor becomes the wall that says "Hey listen no one 's getting through me right, and you could think about your family right or your loved ones where you 're interceding for them, and you 're just like listen i 'm going to be the wall. my family 's at vulnerable right now in this spot or this spot or this spot i 'm going to build myself a wall and, and i 'm going to be the i 'm going to take the enemy 's attack and i 'm going to push it back yeah. right and I, I think there 's just so much power in that and that 's exactly what the Lord says. He says, "I saw for anyone among them." Who would repair the wall? Who yep. would rise up again and be that intercessor that that's a stronghold against the enemy's attack? Or he says, and stand in the breach, stand in the gap. Who's gonna stand in the gap on behalf of the land? Like yeah. and, and it says, I found no one. And I think, you know, we do a lot of prayers of petition, right? But I wonder, do we have a lot of intercessors in the yeah. church right now? Like, is there a whole new is there not a whole new is there a ministry that
1: we're we're not
0: going after
1: enough? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting you brought up like the priest, prophet, and king aspect of our identity. And for those of you who are curious, uh, this isn't; those words aren't just an interpretation of what we see in Scripture. It, it'd be it'd be valuable if it were, but it, this is part of the code of canon law of our church, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's long been held that the priests of our of our church share in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly anointing of Jesus. But we too, as lay people, as the body of Christ, share in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly anointing of Jesus, and that's uh, that, that's that's codified for us in Lumen Gentium, right, in, in the Second Vatican Council, that we as we as the Catholic laity, this is our responsibility, and it's part of our authority and our identity as as Christians. So intercession isn't just for us. One of those, you know, it'd be more convenient if it was, but. It's, it's not for us one of those uh, optional responsibilities that some people in the church are called to, but rather it's, an, it's, it's a function of our Christian identity, yeah. right? That, that as priest, prophet, and king, that this is, this is what we were made for. Well, and
0: it's that we can actually go into prayer with power and authority and, and still be humble, right? Yeah. It's not like the—humility does not mean that I go into prayer and say, I'm so weak and I can't, like, God, we need you so bad. It's actually that God has elevated me through the kingly anointing to be a strong warrior in the kingdom of God, to yeah. be this wall that is able to fight the enemy's attacks. You know, like this is a uh, second Corinthians, one of my favorite scripture verses, it says that uh, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Like, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. <laughs> and if you think about, like, your... Like the people that we would intercede for, do we intercede with them with the mentality that we, as baptized sons and daughters, have divine power to demolish the strongholds over them?
1: No, we don't. We don't. So often. Most of the time, it's like we're envisioning ourselves on the defensive side of the gate, just trying to hold up that wall. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that's not the reality. Yeah. The enemy is like crushing, and we're like barely like, just
0: please, God, let us not fall apart. And it's like, no, I have divine powers to demolish. Strongholds, right? The scriptures also say, He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. So we have power and authority to really go after the assaults of the enemy with, uh, with expectant faith that when we pray, God is going to bring victory. Yeah. I love it.
1: Oh, uh, that's awesome. That, you know, that's a fun perspective you have, Dan, but what's the practical application in the context of our life, right? You know, how do we as a Christian actually live out this call to intercession? And is it meaningful? I mean, I think I think for a lot of us, uh, when you don't pray in faith, then you don't you don't have the experience of seeing God respond to you in prayer, and and that builds bad habits, right? Even if God is responding, when when we're not praying in faith, it's a it's a prayer that's said in passing, and then it's forgotten about, and it's not actually a conversation and a partnership with the Lord. But when 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 the church describes that we share in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly anointing. Sharing means relationship, right? That we share in something that Jesus has. We share in the nature of Christ in 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 sharing the the, the priestly, prophetic, and kingly anointing. So the responsibility to intercession is actually one where uh, where we have to be in relationship with the Lord, right? We have to be in connection with Him, and we have to be in conversation with Him. One of my favorite—you know, it's a simple little joking phrase, but when you pray for rain, bring an umbrella. Like, we need to enter into this believing that it can be impactful and believing that situations can change.
0: And I think a lot of times when we we don't enter in with that kind of faith, it's not it's not that we're putting ourselves down; so we're putting God down, right? Yeah. Like as if God isn't stronger than the current circumstances that we're dealing with, or as if God doesn't care, yeah. or
1: God does, God's God's not interested in in my in my situation.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and even like with, I mean, our intercession, if we really believe that we have divine power to demolish strongholds, our intercessions can be bold, right? We don't have to ask for tiny things; we can ask for huge things, and we can expect bigger things. Um that just that it's not just about like, okay, I need I need it to um you know, I need God to move in this small manner right now. But God, I want to see conversion happen right now. Like mm-hmm. and and to expect bigger, bolder, hungrier things from him, which is really exciting. Yeah. The uh so uh, well our this show is really just gonna kind of dive into this hunger to step greater into our priestly anointing and, and the way we do that as intercessors is often through um, fasting, right? Like that, uh, that when we lay our lives down and when we enter into prayer and fasting for others, that's a sacrificial act. And mm. so fasting can be a, a, a source of intercession, right? Or the kingly anointing, like praying with authority and, and expecting that God's going to move and power, prophetic authority, right? That we're just, we're praying and we're sensing, okay, Lord, I see what you desire. This is a, a great quote. It says, intercession is spiritual defiance, of what is in the name of what God has promised. (laughs) That's so prophetic, right? It's spiritual defiance of what is in the name of what God has promised. And if I'm a prophet, I can see what God has promised. Who is a prophet? And... I am. <laughs> we all are, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because of the kingly, I mean, the prophetic... just double-check. Oh, yeah, just, just, oh, yeah, just keep, keep on our toes, people. <laughs> and then it says, intercession visualizes an alternative future to the one apparently fated by contradictory forces. It infuses the, the air of a time yet to be into the suffocating atmosphere of the present, mm-hmm. right? That it, it allows the, the atmosphere of heaven to become the atmosphere of the present reality. Amen. And, and that's our hunger, that we would become people who hunger so deeply that heaven would come down to earth, that we would pray for heaven's atmosphere, heaven's culture, heaven's reality to be made manifest. And we know what God wants in a situation so often,
1: right? We're like, this is not of God. And do we pray as if it's not of God? Yeah, I mean, that is the fundamental responsibility of Christians, right? Yeah. When, when the apostles asked Jesus, how do we pray, right? You, you remember that simple phrase from the Our Father, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It is, it's God's desire to bring heaven to earth, right? This whole, this whole story is a process of our redemption. And redemption happens when, when we bring the good of heaven into the reality of earth. You know, we see in Scripture, even in Revelation, that the end is is accomplished when that finally is fulfilled. Yeah, where where the heavenly Jerusalem, where the where the new heaven and the new earth is recreated, and w- we can participate in that process. Praise the Lord! I yeah. just love
0: that. So here's the really interesting thing that I love, Aaron, is that. If you look at in the Old Testament, David was super passionate about intercessors. So he had full time worship ministry in the kingdom, right mm-hmm. in his kingdom, and he had full time intercessors. He had these full time watchmen and full time worship or, or or singers, right? And so there was a, a ministry in the in David's Old Testament kingdom that had these two full time positions where we where he saw the worship of God and intercession to be so important that he established positions for this right and um that's pretty sweet that's pretty sweet and you see in the old Testament, we don't have a lot
1: of parishes that have (laughs) more than one organist Uh assigned to well
0: and and it wasn't just a few like he had like hundreds of worshipers and, and intercessors and the watchmen and the the cool thing is that every time in the old testament when when Israel is suffering yeah. seven different times. Israel sees a revival in the old testament it 's because they reestablished the worshipers and the intercessors mm. and it 's not it 's not because That's they 've got their governance really good right yeah <laughs> so we 're going to bring on Angelo after the break and and he 's been like kind of a force of intercession here at Damascus. We really believe that you know God wants us to um, to establish time like a full-time ministry here where we have people positioned in in our apostolate that just on retreat they're not do like they they're focused on intercession or uh, on mission they're focused on intercession we have like worshipers that are just focused on praising the lord so i'm really excited to um, to just share a little bit about what we've been doing and how god's worked in angelo's life and it's going to really change uh, you know bring revival through intercession yeah so you've been listening to beyond damascus a a co-production of saint gabriel radio and ew10 radio and carried across the ew10 global catholic radio network and we that's it that's
1: what it's called so (laughs) many words and we will be right back see you after the break he is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the angelic doctor matthew Bunsen, and the doctors of the church St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a basic textbook for young theology students that became the Church's most famous guide to the faith, the Summa Theologica. It helped him earn the title Doctor of the Church. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Now there's a fast and easy way to
0: get
2: in touch with EWTN. The EWTN Everything Number. Call 1-800-447-EWTN to get the latest information on
0: programming, special events, pilgrimages, and more. Our EWTN Family Viewer Services representatives are ready to help you with whatever your needs may be. The
1: EWTN Everything number. 1-800-447-EWTN.
0: EWTN.
1: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Today's show has been one focused on the ministry of intercession. And I don't know if you're—I think the common Catholic wouldn't necessarily view intercession as a ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, as as a particular responsibility or assignment. We've got all kinds of ministry ideas in mind, uh, all the jobs that get done at church. But intercession is kind of the thing that everybody knows should be a part of prayer, but it may not be the focus. Uh, Beyond Damascus is the show where Encounter meets Mission, and today we have a guest on our show whose particular assignment here at Damascus as a missionary this past year has been one of intercession. And uh, he's a a good friend and brother in Christ, and he's been a missionary here at Damascus for a couple years with us. His name is Angelo Rivera. Let's welcome him onto the show. Yeah. Praise the Lord. What's up, brother? Angelo hails from the Diocese of Columbus here at Immaculate Conception Church. And, uh, Angelo, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Doing really well. It's really good to be here. Yeah. You know, we've talked about, now that we've built our studio here at Damascus, we've, we've joked about the fact that we need to be sensitive not to have too many of our missionaries on the show or else this will just become the Damascus missionary show, (laughs) but uh, every one of our uh, the men and women who are who are living here and, and spending their life and mission here for the Lord, uh, you're, you're, all of your stories are just so amazing. So I'm um, I'm really excited, and uh, to our to our audience, you're in for a treat today uh, as as Angelo shares a story with us. Angelo, tell us about yourself, man. Um, let's start from the beginning, and uh, you know, and on Beyond Damascus, we love to hear how Jesus. Impacted our lives and then launched us into mission, like the story of Saint Paul. So, tell me,
2: tell me, you know, what's what's the foundation from where you came in your faith? Yeah, I um, was raised Catholic. um, Worked at Catholic Youth Summer Camp as a counselor. Woo! um, And Dan's Core Team for a little while, but Encounter didn't really happen until four years ago at a specific conference where I really met the love and forgiveness of God for the very first time. Yeah. And that was the first time in my life where I knew that I knew beyond any doubt that I was forgiven and that I was loved. Um, and that was such a moment for me where there wasn't any hesitation. There wasn't any doubt that who I was and what I had done had been wiped clean. And I was actually a different person in Jesus. Mm. Those are really powerful
1: words <laughs> yeah how, how did that happen how was How was that moment different from all the other moments in your in your education and experience with your family and It was different because it wasn 't
2: just head knowledge, yeah, it actually penetrated my heart and my soul wow that 's awesome
0: yeah it 's an encounter right and how, how does was there, you know was what was God doing in that moment
2: yeah there was um, there was repentance and forgiveness that had happened previously, mm-hmm. so I was coming from a lot of really toxic friendships and relationships and just like a unhealthy lifestyle of sin. And what had happened was the priest at the conference led the congregation through repenting um, of everything that we had done and just allowing the Lord to take us to those memories Mm -hmm. and say, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus, forgive me. And then after this period of repentance, he led us through a period of forgiveness where he was saying, all right, now we're going to go and forgive those people that have hurt us, hurt the ones we loved um, or even like hurt ourselves. And after that moment, it was the first time in my life that I think I was ever actually convicted, not only of my sin, but the deep, deep conviction to just never go back to that, whatever the cost. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was that commitment to just like, okay, whatever it takes, I'm never going to go there again. That allowed the Holy Spirit to follow me because even before the priest started praying, I started experiencing intense manifestations of the Spirit um, simply because my heart was then, for, like, for the very first time, open and available to what God wanted to do in me.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Praise the Lord, man. Thank you, Jesus. I think some, yeah. it's so cool, too, because I think sometimes we can think that because we know everything that we are, we've encountered Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But it was almost like that, that the Lord had more for you. He wanted to, to break your heart <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> open so that he could enter it fully. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean to be, like you said, you felt, you felt like you were a new person after that. Like, what's that mean?
2: Um. There's no really good way to describe it except that I didn't feel the same as I was the day before. Um, mm. I had this intense joy, and I could actually like feel God for the very first time. I felt His presence on me and in me. Um, this warmth, this tingling, this like deep, deep delight. I went to I didn't I hadn't read Romans um, yet, but I went to bed saying "Abba, Father," because. I, kn- I knew from freshman religion that Abba meant Daddy, mm-hmm. and that's just how he felt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like when it talks about like the spirit of adoption, that makes you cry, Abba, Father. I had no context for that, but it was still something that was like coming up from my spirit because of how close I felt to him.
1: Well, that's awesome! Praise As the Lord, you, man. I, and I happened to uh, be able to see that process happen in you, and I can I can just testify to that. Uh, the I think the thing I I remember seeing most in you during that time was just your face was like glowing. Mm. Uh, and you even, you know, remember the story listeners in, in the old Testament, when Moses went up to the mountain to meet God, he came down and, uh, his face was shining like the sun. Right. And, uh, and that was my, that was my experience of you. There was, there was no denying that something amazing had taken place Mm. in you in that encounter with the Lord. Oh, that's so cool. I think sometimes, uh, you know, we rely too heavily or maybe exclusively on, upbringing and education, um, and those moments of encounter are so necessary for us, right? Absolutely. That uh, we, we've talked about it here before, and, you, and you've heard it before, listeners, that, you know, within 10 years of their confirmation that five out of six young people are going to leave the practice of their Catholic faith, according to statistics today, right, if those are to be believed. And um, the, the Dynamic Catholic Institute uh, identified that the, the the one thing that... Was the most impactful um, indicator of that one person that would remain committed was that not it wasn't their upbringing, it wasn't their uh, their parents, the faith of their parents. It, it was it wasn't their education. It was it was this moment of faith encounter where something uh, out I don't know out of the ordinary, out of out of their typical mo, um, happened. Where they came into a powerful relationship, an invitation to relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and I think the cool thing is that that all of that education and all of that background, and I can witness to this in you, became so much richer, it became alive oh absolutely. it was like this investment into your life that had happened um you know your Catholic education and your and your and your family foundation. It was this investment into you that had happened, but it hadn't yet been sparked to life yet. yeah, it all became real. And that's uh, so, so cool. So just overnight, yeah, it was like, it was like this switch was flipped in your life that, Absolutely. um, that really charged you for powerful and impactful mission. It's
0: mm. amazing. So what, 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 what'd you do next? Just <laughs> walk around, say Abba father all the time with a face glowing, I mean, pretty like much. the light of man. <laughs> so I
2: like understood mission for the first time. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was convinced that what I had experienced would change the world if everyone could experience that same thing. Okay. Yeah. And I was so convinced. That I was just like, if everyone just knew how much God loved them, like I know how much God loves me, there would be no wars. There would be no fighting. Everyone would give away everything like, because it was just so such a powerful love. Mm. And so I remember walking around Ohio State's campus um, a few months afterwards, and I was just looking for someone to share that with. I was just like, God, just give me one person. And he highlights this person. He just like, this person not sitting on a bench just stuck out to me, so I go down and visit them. And it turns out that they're homeless. Um, and so after talking with them, I find out that, they're, that they have a hip problem because they've been sleeping on the concrete for so long that their hips have become messed up. And after, uh, after being at this conference where I saw so many healings mm-hmm. um, and watching so many people pray for healing, I felt like fairly confident that I at least knew what words to say, even if I had never <laughs> seen a healing before myself. And so after praying for the person in the name of Jesus and asking him to heal them, um, they said they felt fire go down their legs. Wow. And for the first time, they were able to, like, walk upstairs because they hadn't been able to walk upstairs because their hips were so bad. And then I just saw them going up and walking up and down the stairs, and it was, <laughs> it was a miracle, like, right before my eyes. And it just That's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, Thank you Jesus, <laughs> Jesus praise Lord. the Lord <laughs> I love that. I love like
0: number one uh we always say that sh- the beyond Damascus is a show that where encounter meets mission because uh, uh at Damascus when Paul has this conversion this encounter with Jesus. It, he, it propels him into the life of the Holy Spirit, which mm. is a life on mission. And um, it wouldn't make any sense for, like, who would St. Paul be if he, like, encountered Jesus and then went home and kept it all to himself, right? <laughs> like, that was amazing! And now I'm not going to tell anyone about it. And But it's was like, I'm going to take this to the entire Gentile world. Mm. and um, And just that expectation that, okay, I'm going to, Whoever God highlights, I'm going to speak to. So you were a student at Ohio State at that point, and was it hard trying to like live life in Christ at Ohio State, or how do you, how did you oh, seek absolutely. mission <laughs> on a
2: secular college university? I um, I didn't have the character yet to balance schoolwork and my. Um, zeal for zeal for souls and so um, as a result my schoolwork suffered because all I wanted to do was just like talk to people on the street or talk to the homeless people on campus (laughs) see
1: parents when your students are struggling
2: at college that's why (laughs) maybe because
0: they're so
1: on fire for
2: souls yeah that's it Um, and so but it was just like it was this it was the Lord calling me into deeper mission Um, and it was during that period that I realized that he was calling me to something greater than just um, talking to people um, as, as important as that is, he was calling me into um, like a, a lifestyle of mission, um, a missionary lifestyle. And so because of that, that was the reason that I applied to Damascus was because I had this call. I felt this urge to do something more um, and to give the Lord more of myself after because of everything that he had given me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Praise the Lord. So, one of the cool things about at, at Damascus, like when you were called here, we were really sensing a call to like like David's kingdom, like start focusing more on intercession and and creating and um for those listeners who don't know uh, at Damascus, we run a summer camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp and we have a actually a full-time staff at 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 our summer camp missionaries who they serve as our service staff and part of their role is to to do the um all the you know cleaning around the campus, cleaning up cabins, mowing the lawn. Um, but then they also have regular holy hours and intercession for the campers. And mm-hmm. the, as they clean, they use that as a form of intercession. Really, um, and so having this like key role of intercession being born into our community, um, Angela took a big part in that. Could you share kind of how God started to form this ministry or this desire to be an intercessor in your heart? Mm.
2: Yeah. Um, I think part of it started when you were speaking at, um, the conference that we have here every summer and you spoke on how the, you were just, you said it very casually. You're like, I was praying for the end of abortion this week. Um, Mm -hmm. and something, the Lord did something in my heart when you said that. And my heart just broke in that moment. And when I, I prayed into it further, I ended up being like kneeling on the ground for like an hour, just crying for abortion to just die in this country. Um, And I think that was, like, one of the biggest sparks that the Lord placed in my heart that my prayers were doing something and my prayers were Mm. necessary. Um, Because, like, it's one thing to know that your prayers are powerful and effective, but then the realization that, like, if I'm not praying, somebody else may not be. Mm. And that those prayers are actually necessary to go before the Lord. And he just continued to grow this in me, especially as a counselor, where I would see so many times week after week in the summer or retreat after retreat during the full-time year where the amount of breakthrough or the amount of kids that would encounter Jesus would depend so much on the level of intercession or the heart that I would put into that intercession every Mm -hmm. week. And so when there were particular kids who were either closed off to the gospel or were hesitant to accept Jesus, when I would really press in in the night or when I would really press in during club or prayer ministry, I would see them have just life-changing encounter as opposed to simply experiencing the Lord in a small way. And it was that difference that I crave for each and every one of the kids that they would all have life-changing encounters, that they would all be totally transformed. Mm.
0: Praise the Lord. Could you share a few of those breakthroughs that you saw, like a moment where you, where you saw your intercession directly impact someone?
2: Mm. Yeah, there was a particular camper who, um, I, it was so clear that I didn't have any part to play in him. Um, because he came, he came in so hurt, so broken, and just a lot of wounds from his family, from his past life. And he was really struggling with a lot of different addictions and um, family situations. And I, I was sitting down with him and talking to him. And we entered into a time of prayer. And there was no laying on of hands, there was no prayer ministry. Um, he was just in his own process with the Lord. And all I said was, under my breath, come, Holy Spirit. And the Lord just came in in a sovereign way and just touched him. And he shot back in his ter- chair and started weeping. Hmm. And it was just this healing moment of the Lord where the Lord was healing him, transforming him, and filling him. And I had nothing to do with it besides the fact that I was praying for him. Wow. And there has been so many encounters like that where I've just been either praying for my kids in their presence or outside of it and just watching the Lord move in their hearts simply because he's so good and he wants to do that. He just needs people to agree with him.
0: Yeah, I love that. Praise the Lord. I, I love I love ministry with the Lord because I feel like it's so – it's this weird – like you move through so many emotions where you're like, wow, God's raised me up to be so powerful. And then at the same moment, you're like, wow, I am so entirely weak and he is completely sovereign. Like it's this weird thing where you see that God's mm. calling you into this – the mission with him and he's raised you up to be a king, to have authority and power to demolish strongholds. But at the same time, you re- you realize I am s- I'm so little – and, and I can do nothing unless the God's sovereignty moves into a person, mm, you know, like absolutely. that I can't create conversion in a that's heart right. that only God can bring about the spirit of conversion. And, uh, and I think intercession is so neat because it shows us our authority. And at the same time, it shows us our littleness and our weakness and mm-hmm. our, our need for him. Mm. The, um, so one of the things that's been really cool here is that over the last year, You've kind of been our intercession lead, and uh, as a lead intercessor, you've, you've rallied our troops, uh, our missionaries, into intercession and praying during retreats or before retreats or after retreats. How, how might you describe what that looked like um, so that the common listener who maybe hasn't seen intercession as, as a community outside of maybe the prayers of the faithful within the liturg- liturgical context, w- what does that look like? How, how have we as a community enter- entered into intercession?
2: I think the biggest thing that Damascus does so well for intercession is establishing a heart-to-heart connection with the Lord. Um, Before we begin petitions or even before we begin um, speaking to the Lord and asking him to move in a certain way, we connect with his heart in worship. We connect with the Father's heart and try to feel what he feels for those specific people and just give him the praise and thanksgiving that he's due, like Psalm 100, enter his courts and enter his gates. We get close to the Lord in a place of intimacy, so it's not simply just using the Lord for what he can give us. But we have a real relationship with a good father who wants to pour out good gifts on his children. Mm, that's and so good. It's that from that place of connection that Damascus will intercede and enter into the breach for all of those campers and all of our staff members that we that we hold so dearly to our hearts.
0: I love that. That's so good. I, I love it too because I think sometimes we uh, we can be tempted to intercede out of our own desires as opposed to god's desires Mm -hmm. right like intercession is spiritual defiance of the things that are for what god wants to bring about and we need to know what god wants to bring about in a person as opposed to what my agenda for a, an, a person is, like, yeah. you know, like, Lord, let that person become more like me. <laughs> so often our prayer, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, like, God, I want your heart for this person. And, mm. and I, uh, you know, just the ev- even topics like abortion and the conversion of the Muslim nations and stuff <laughs> like that, like to, to have the father's heart for the Muslim world allows us to intercede with more, uh, I would say, compassion and authority in, in those
2: situations. And I think so often that heart for those specific situations, whether it's abortion or the Muslim world comes through intercession. It's that, it's that entering into that process that will give you that heart. Um, that he has for those people.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right. So because we're talking about the Muslim nations, why don't Angela, can you share a little bit about your dreams for your life and where you think God is, is propelling you, um, beyond Damascus?
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we were talking about how agreeing with what God has spoken. Um, there have been specific things that the Lord spoken in my heart in prayer. And then through prophetic words that have really, um, stirred my heart for the Muslim people and for their, for their salvation. Um, and I really saw a shift in my heart when I started becoming disciplined in agreeing with what the Lord had, hmm. what the Lord had spoken. And so there had, for a few years, there had been this call over my life, but it wasn't until I started praying consistently every morning for the, the Muslim nations of Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, that I started experiencing this heart shift and this real breaking and burning for them to know the gospel, for them to know Jesus and it was in that stepping into intercession that the Lord started re- releasing more, more of His heart for them over me. Um, and it was this like it was this exchange that was happening. That as I poured myself out in the morning, um, and He would like He would wake me up early. I would just say like, Lord, if you if you wake me up early, I'll pray for what you want me to pray for. And sure enough, the next morning <laughs> He's waking me up early before my alarm. And it was just just stepping into that was a, was the Lord giving me permission to ask for more, to ask for more of his heart, to receive more of his heart for those people.
0: That's amazing. Praise the Lord. And I think it's so easy for us to think of um, so many of the problems in the world as abstract realities that we have no control over, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this illness or this disease. There's this. Um, there's these people in a different foreign nation. There's this poverty in a third world. And it almost becomes this like idea that, well, I'm not called to I'm not called to be in Africa so there's nothing I can do about it. Um but the role of an intercessor is saying, "No, actually I have a position in the church to deal with this current situation mm. and to bring the father's grace from heaven into that nation." And Absolutely. so when you do when you talk about crying out or pressing in, these are words that maybe um you know, what does that look like? Because crying out could, you know, is it just saying like Okay, we're gonna we pray to the
2: Lord. Like, is it a
0: formal reality or <laughs> it, like how do how do you intercede? Right? Yeah.
2: Um, part of a, part of it's a grace. It's just the grace of the Father's heart for that people. And so there have been times where um, I'll step in intercession for specific nations or asking for the Holy Spirit to fall on them, and I'll start seeing images of actual people, or I'll start seeing um, the Lord will give me like images of vast crowds that are that are worshiping the Lord and it's not a reality that is, that is present now, but it's a reality that the Lord wants to come to pass. Mm -hmm. And it's this, it's this emotion that I'll receive from the father that'll actually cause me to cry out. That'll cause me to keep continuing to pray in persistence and consistency when there's no, there's no real emotion or reason behind it. Because as a kid from Columbus, Ohio, there's no reason for me to be weeping on the floor over thousands of people miles away. But it's this reality that I've, I have a connection with my good father who wants who wants those people more than I do, and mm-hmm. he allows me to to pray for them simply because he loves them.
1: Amen. Do you think it's a particular assignment on a person's life, or like how does I don't know? Well, I guess what I'm trying to ask is should our, should all of our listeners be waking up early to intercede for the Middle East, or maybe we should, or or is that a particular assignment that God's given you? And that God gives to others as well.
2: Yeah, I think everyone has a part of the Father's heart. Yeah, and I don't think everyone has all. I don't think anyone has all of it. But I think everyone is going to receive um, a portion of it, even if it's just for their family. Even yeah, if it's just for their school or their the place where they're at that in that in that moment, the Lord has gives His heart to everybody. Yeah. He pours out His spirit upon all flesh.
1: Well, even as you're speaking, Angelo, you know, I, I think a lot of times you know we we've, we've talked about it here on the show before that a lot of times those ideas that come into your head we can often dismiss as just my wandering thoughts sure. right but but maybe you know maybe god's strong enough maybe maybe god's wise enough to be able to actually use those wandering thoughts as as the way that he speaks to you yeah how good is he <laughs> uh, and and you know those those images that god planted in your mind of um, people worshiping in uh, in Muslim nations, um, you know, rather than seeing those as "hey, that, that's a fun idea," maybe that's a reminder of a show I watched one time, or but actually, inner, you know, interacting with the Lord and conversing with Him and acknowledging this, this is from You and God. If this is from You, I'm going to get behind it, absolutely. And I'm even thinking my own life, like you know, in times when I've had an image of of a sibling that's not in close relationship with Jesus coming into closer relationship with Jesus. How many times do I just dismiss that? Mm and say oh that's a that's a nice thought as opposed to okay god thank you for revealing your heart now now give me the 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 conviction to double down in prayer Mm. and to partner with you in seeing this accomplished, Mm
0: -hmm. and he pours his heart out across the whole church and so in a variety of ways. Like I loved being a parish youth minister because you would be working with these young people, and some some youth would were so passionate about the end of abortion, and some were so passionate about
1: Backstreet Boys,
0: (laughs) the Backstreet Boys, yeah. (laughs) No, but some were so passionate about like homelessness or human trafficking, and like to Mm -hmm. allow the heart to discover the passion, uh, the 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 Lord's placed in part like he's it's like the Lord placed His passion inside of different hearts and it's yeah. like okay I put that passion inside of you so that you would be a great intercessor for that and I think you know Aaron to answer your question I think it's a both end right like we're all called to be intercessors but there are certain people in the church who are called to the ministry of intercession yeah. and, and mm-hmm. it's I think what's really neat about that is we don't talk about that enough and I think the intercessors don't even know that they have a position yep. and because there are so many intercessors. And I, I guarantee right now listening to EWTN, there are so many people who listen to EWTN, who watch EWTN, that they are intercessors, but no one's ever told them, you have a ministry in the church. No matter how old you are in your home, you have a ministry and an apostolate that's critical in the church. Amen. And step into it, don't act like it's a passive uh, reality. That that you, you my, I mean, my mom, she has a heart. Like she has a, she'll watch the news, and while watching the news, she begins to weep and and starts praying for people. I'm like, what? You, you you're crying out for people in the news that you have no connection, emotional connection with at all. But something happens inside of her in that moment yeah. where the Holy Spirit is compelling her into the ministry of intercession. And I know there's people in the church that have that call. And I just want to pull that out of you to know that you're a critical body of Christ, right? It's not just the preachers; it's not just the the the, the people who are in active apostolates, but yeah. intercession is a real apostolate. It's a real ministry, and it's critical and necessary now more than ever before because the spiritual dominions and darkness that are, that are reigning they they have a grip on our nation, and on our world that is probably tighter than it's ever been. And the only thing that's going to lessen that grip, it's not a bunch of good activity. It's a lot of worship and prayer and intercession. And we have to lessen that grip. And if you look at the intercessors and the you know, like those who are interceding and those who are in active apostolates, you look at them as the two hands of God. It's as if like the intercessors loosen the grip of the enemy so that those in active ministry can then come and take the enemy out. And I just I, – I really believe that the church has a, uh, an expression mm. about herself that we've,
1: we've allowed to lay dormant and God yeah. wants to bring it out even greater. Well, we say a lot on the show that every Christian is called to full-time ministry, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know listeners if you've heard that before um, you may be one of many who's heard something like that and figured okay yeah like that that's 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 cute um, that's a fun idea but the reality is like how can how can i do anything i can have a conversation maybe from time to time this this is the way right this is this is the way that you can be in this is a way that you can be in active ministry 24 hours a day right that you can be in active ministry from your home. Mm-hmm. You can be in active ministry in the middle of a lockdown, right? You can be in active ministry regardless of where you are, regardless of your state in life, regardless of whether you are isolated or in community, that, that this is a way for you to partner with the heart of God in a way that's meaningful, but it's got to be done with intention. Mm-hmm. One of the, just like I think one of the neat things, too, is this
0: idea of crying out or pressing in our prayer doesn't have to be so formal and clean cut. And mm-hmm. so like if, and I, I just invite listeners, maybe try in, in the quiet of your bedroom to cry out more, right. And to, 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 to allow your heart to get to a place where you weep for whatever you're interceding for. And you really cry out and you like, I, I'm all about the rosary and I love the, the, like the, the, the rosary is the weapon, right. Padre Pio, the, the authority and the power that comes through through the intercession to our lady, um, but don't allow that to be our only form of intercession, right? Mm. That allow our heart to be moved by God's heart to cry out for others, and and just to experience that form of prayer is really transformative, not just for the spiritual atmosphere, but for our own hearts as well, yeah. right? That I realize that when I cry out, my heart becomes more like God's heart.
1: Let's uh, let's let's pray. We'll pray for Angelo real quick. Thank you, Angela, for joining us on the show and Absolutely. sharing your story. And then we'll take a quick break, and uh, after we come back, why, why don't we you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and, uh, and pray a little bit? Whoa, that's, <laughs> that's really crazy. I right? think that'd be fun. So, Jesus, thank you for Angelo. Thank you for what you've done in this life. Lord, we pray that you would see every dream you've placed in his heart accomplished. Um, and friends, Angelo is, is uh, graduating out of the program here at Damascus, the missionary program here at Damascus, into a life of full-time missionary. Um, this is the this is the the beginning of his next step in life and Jesus we, we pray that you'll continue to lead and guide him wherever it is that you've called for him to be in this world um, Jesus bless every work of his hands as he partners with you in ministry Friends, thanks for joining us uh, once again this is beyond Damascus the show where Encounter meets mission this is a co-production of Saint Gabriel radio and ewTN radio and we're going to be right back to close our session on intercession in prayer. And the best way we can pray is to be still before God. You know, the catechism says, why did God make me? God made me to know him, love him, and serve him. And then Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. So the most important part of prayer is listening. So you say your prayers, but make sure every day you give at least a few seconds of listening so God can tell you what he wants of you. And your life will be changed forever.
0: Hey Alexa, how many ways can I get EWTN? You can get EWTN on television, via cable and satellite,
2: on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. You can get EWTN radio in your car, on Sirius XM, Channel 130, and on the go, on any mobile device with the EWTN app. And here's the best news. Now you can get EWTN's great programming on me,
1: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, where Encounter Meets Mission. This has been a wild show on the ministry of intercession. And we've been blessed to have here in studio at Damascus, Angelo Rivera, one of our graduating second-year missionaries. Angelo, thanks again for sharing your story today. For sure. And uh, as we—we're going to transition now into a time of, um, of active intercession. We're going we're gonna to activate what we've been talking about. But before we do, I want to hear just one more glory story from— from your your experience of ministry and prayer, yeah,
2: absolutely. We go on we go on outreach every Tuesday or every other Tuesday here at Damascus as missionaries. And while during one particular Tuesday, we're walking around uh, Mount Vernon, we see this uh, pair of people, homeless couple, and one was in a wheelchair and one was sitting on the ground. And as we go up and talk to them, um, the man says that he had a severe traumatic um, car accident where he lost part of his memory. And he had trouble remembering things that had happened three days prior. Wow. Um, and then the woman had MS and it, muscular sclerosis is a disease for those listening that, um, really inhibits the ability for the muscles to function properly, Mm -hmm. but also causes extreme pain everywhere that it affects. And she had it from head to toe. So her whole body was in pain at the slightest movement of her muscles. And so we offered to pray for them, um, after getting to know them and the man, um, started experiencing a lot of inner peace, but also a lot of like tears as the Lord was doing a lot of inner healing because he lost his best friend during the accident. Oh, wow. Um, we also prayed for his memory and, um, there was no immediate sign of that because it was like a, a three day thing, but we started praying for the woman as well. And as we pray for her, um, my friends and I, we start seeing her, her muscles start twitching and the pain leaves her body from her head to her toe. She doesn't feel any pain. And as we continue to pray, um, not only do her muscles start, but her legs start moving back and forth. And then her arms. And for the first time, she's able to raise her arms above her head. Whoa. And then extend her leg, which was impossible before because of the MS. And before before we knew it, she was doing like complete leg movements without any pain. That would have been previously impossible. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. It was absolutely incredible. And so we buy them lunch. Um, we go get lunch with them. And the man starts talking about... Things that had happened three days prior, and, wow. the, and the the woman <laughs> is like, is like, wait, what's going on? He's like. Well, yeah, we were hanging out with so and so. And she's like, How do you remember that? He's like, I don't know. And <laughs> that's so it amazing. was this, the Lord had restored his memory, had healed MS, and had brought like a deep inner healing to this man's heart. Wow. All just in a, a span of like a single outreach time.
0: Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that's amazing. It was beautiful. Praise I God. love it. Thank you, Jesus. And I think that's neat because I think intercession changes our heart and it gives us even a greater capacity than when we're with people <laughs> and we're not just interceding, but we're praying with people. Yeah. And a greater capacity for expectation for God to move Absolutely, right yeah. because it's no longer about me i just have so much faith that god is the one who moves i'm going to place my trust in him mm. yeah so
1: who desires to see your prayers answered Oh, i do i do <laughs> <You know. laughs> who desires to pray with authority and with power and impact mm. i think we all we all we all desire that right we don't want to we don't want to toil and labor with no reward and with no fruit and god doesn't want that for us either Okay, friends, we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to intercede today. So um, here's my instruction for you: If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. It's always important. And uh, and as we pray, uh, you know, there's there's a billion ways to intercede. Right? There's as many ways to intercede as there are people on the earth. Yeah. Um, Dan mentioned earlier that one of the most powerful and impactful ways to intercede has been a historical discipline of our church for years and years and years. It's fasting, right? Fasting and prayer that we sacrifice and that we give of ourselves almsgiving. Um, today, we're going to intercede with our voices, and this is a powerful way to put ourselves in, uh, in a position of being used by the Lord and being used with the Lord. It's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to yield to Him so that we can say, God, uh, putting my heart behind this and putting my life behind this is more important to me than feeling comfortable right now. So listeners, I'm going I'm to challenge you to be uncomfortable right now. And, uh, even, and especially if you are maybe driving with your family or if you're in a place where you can be heard, um, I don't know, don't get fired from your job, but, uh, but intercede with us. So here's an activation that we do with our students at Catholic youth summer camp or at our retreats. I will, as our, as our prayer leader today, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll start and we'll see how many we can get through, but I'll, I'll set a target for us for intercession. And I will lead a time of vocal prayer in intercession, and Dan and Angelo here in studio. Um, once I start speaking, instead of listening and thinking that this is something that's led by me, um, we're going to all engage. So this is going to be something that I am going to set the target for, and then we're all going to fire at that target together. And I would encourage you, listeners, to join in that process as well. So with your voices uh, to to join in us as we storm the heavens together. Okay. Great. So let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, thank you for charging your sons and daughters with the ministry of intercession. God, we want to be the ones that stand on the wall. God, we want to be the ones that, that, that come against the power of the enemy. And I pray right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would equip us with understanding our baptismal call. God, maybe for the for the first time in our lives, that you would teach us of our identity and our our, our, our authentic call as priest, prophet, and king. Jesus, show us who we are. Yes, Lord. Yes, so Lord. so the three of us are just spirit. going to intercede out loud. God, show the us who we are. Yes,
0: Lord. God. Raise up sons and
1: daughters, know, Lord. God, break down that have any authority over the strongholds, Lord. Allow us to know that we have power and
0: authority given to us by you, Lord Jesus. Raise us up. Raise us up, Lord. Raise us up, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us into your ministry, Lord. We just pray that you would allow our prayers to be strong and powerful. Thank you, Come, Holy Spirit. God, any lies
1: that we've believed about ourselves, any lies that listeners have believed about ourselves, that our work is in vain, Mm -hmm. God, that we've been forgotten by you, we break agreement with those lies now in Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. and we ask that you would speak the truth of our identity, of our sonship, Mm -hmm. of our daughterhood. God, speak to who we are and show us your face. Yes, Thank Lord. You, Lord. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank
0: you, Lord. Speak Holy to our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Allow us yes, to know who we are, Lord, Lord. Just every allow every us to know heart heart that we are sons and our daughters. Give prosthesis. us that freedom. Give us that healing. Give us that Thank mercy you, Lord, that Jesus. Angelo Thank experienced, you, Lord. Lord, allow experience that you, Lord. Allow us to experience that conversion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Show us who you are. Show us how you love us.
1: God, we intercede for our families right now. The particular sphere of influence that you've given us for sons and daughters who may have fallen away from the faith. God, we lift them up to you now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. We pray for every family. Remember version, to be uh, brought Holy into deeper relationship with you
0: right have now have Thank fall fall God, you in Jesus' name. We just cast out all addictions in Jesus' name. I just speak to addiction. I say be broken right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Just allow our families to find your love, to discover your love. We hunger, Lord, that you would invade our families with your love. Thank you,
1: Jesus. Open us to a greater reliance on you, Holy Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Man, our, our times of intercession here at Damascus, we, we usually don't stop at four minutes, right? It's uh, once you get once you get that engine revving, it's you, you want it, you want to, you want to carry it on. Listeners, continue to pray, continue to intercede. You can change the world. Thank you for listening. This has been Beyond Damascus, a co-production of Saint Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the global EWTN Radio network. Check us out on podcasts where podcasts are found. Look it up at Beyond Damascus. And friends, we'll see you next week. God bless you.